What's up, everybody? Pastor Matt here. Thank you so much for checking into the podcast of Gospel Fellowship PCA. Hey, listen, what if I told you that there is a solid, biblical, doctrinally faithful, reformed church on a beautiful campus just a stone's throw north of Pittsburgh? Yeah, we don't have a Starbucks in the lobby. Sorry about that. We don't have a fog machine. We don't have an American Idol stage with laser lights shooting all around. But we do have the sweetest, kindest people in the world. We sing the Psalms and classic hymns of the faith. We preach the Bible chapter by chapter. We believe the whole thing's true. We love Jesus. We're on a mission to share the good news of the gospel with the world. Would you be interested in a church like that? Well, come check us out, Gospel Fellowship PCA in Valencia, Pennsylvania. Please feel free to visit our website at gospelfellowshippca.org and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Gospel Fellowship Presbyterian Church. All right, thank you so much. Here's today's message. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. For he has humbled the inhabitants of the height, the lofty city. He lays it low, lays it low to the ground, casts it to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. May God add his blessing on this, the reading of his holy and inspired word. Please be seated. Uh, you've all, or at least many of you, have probably uh, been there when you're driving in the, the last hour of a nine or ten hour trip uh, late at night, and you're on windy roads, it's raining. <laughs> oh man, is that tense. <laughs> you've got your kids in the back seat too. Now, what's better, that or when you finally uh, pull into your driveway? (laughs) At the end of that trip, you can turn the car off and you finally breathe a sigh of relief. You're relaxed enough that it's like, oh, I could probably just fall asleep here. (laughs) Uh, Some of you have have experienced uh, calling uh, perhaps your spouse or or someone in your family who who is uh, a uh, two hours later than when you expected them to arrive home. And you've called the third or fourth time and you still haven't gotten through. Um, compare that to finally the fifth time you get through and you hear their voice. Ah, oh, they're okay. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's peace. Um, Compare this, uh, being, see, see if you can imagine this one, being anxiously preoccupied about what is going on with the pandemic. <laughs> can you picture it? Um, what is going to happen to our country? <laughs> uh, 
what, is gonna ha- what kind of world is my, are my children going to be in? Um, are, we, are we even going to be able to safely gather uh, to worship, not only out of concern for a virus, but whether or not uh, people say we're allowed to? Uh, com- compared to uh, what this passage would commend to us, steadfastly trusting in the Lord, knowing that it's His pleasure to guard and to protect us in peace. Uh, the Lord who, who promises that the peace that He gives is as long as He Himself endures on <laughs> an everlasting rock. Uh, this, this, is, this is good peace that the Lord offers in these verses. Um, it's not just a high and mighty ideal that we're supposed to strive for. Get as close to it as you possibly can. Um, this isn't even something that, that the Lord just seals off in heaven. That hold out long enough, eventually you're going to get it. <laughs> or, or simply a, a peace that uh, that, you, that you labor for, and then maybe the next generation or a future generation of, of, uh, of Christians will have this peace. No, this is, this is a present peace that is offered to you that we can have. Uh, trusting in the Lord, resting in Him. Uh, this, this passage is about peace that the Lord gives and that He preserves. It's, it's in His hands. Uh, the, the nourishment and strength that this passage offers is that we uh, not be tossed around anxiety or worried or afraid, unsettled, as though we, as though we enjoy any of those things, uh, but that we rest in one place. How good is that to be in one place? <laughs> Immovable, unshaken, having a confidence that can't be shaken because it's a confidence in the Lord who is an everlasting rock. Uh, three things we're going to look at as we consider this perfect peace, the peace that this uh, passage holds out for us. Who's it for? What is it? And how long does it last? <laughs> well, who's it for? Um, verse 3, look at this. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Really, um, Isaiah here in these words, he's, he's referring to you in terms of your mind and your thinking. Um, uh, really, one, one commentator translated it this way, as, as for the steady mind, or as for the mind that stayed on you, you keep it in perfect peace. Because it, the mind, your thinking, trusts in him. So it's the whole person, it's all of you, but you in terms of your mind. Uh, the word that's used for mind here, it's, it's interesting, it's, it's used metaphorically of the mind. Uh, sometimes it's a word that's used uh, referring to pottery, actually, interestingly enough. The idea is, is something that is formed and fashioned, crafted. So in, in Genesis uh, 2, when, when the Lord, it says that the Lord formed the man of dust of the earth, that kind of forming and shaping. Here it's used metaphorically of the mind in the sense of that which is formed in your mind. There's a kind of activity involved, 
something that takes shape uh, in, in your mind. It's, it's you in terms of your mind, in terms of your thinking, the thoughts that you think. Um, who forms your mind? It's interesting, no one can think for you. Uh, we, we, we get so used to the way in which our mind uh, works almost intuitively that, that we start to forget that. But if you've ever been to a foreign country and someone is suddenly speaking a language that you don't understand, you realize that as, as hard as they may try, they can't make you think <laughs> the right thing. It just doesn't get through. Uh, there's, there's understanding. Then from that, there, is, there, is, uh, there are thoughts formed in your mind. It's also similar. You've You've probably had the experience where you're, you're watching a, a TV show or a movie or something. Maybe it's a, it's a love story, and, and the main character falls in love with someone else, and you know that the, that the way in which the, the actors and the director and the screenwriter, everyone is, is shaping this is that you're supposed, to, you're supposed to love what you see, but you know in the back of your mind they're committing adultery, though. <laughs> I don't, like, there's something, this doesn't sit well with me. And, and someone else may want you to think a certain way, but what, what forms the thoughts? Well, already a disposition in our minds, a disposition of our hearts. Genesis 6 actually speaks that way. Before the Lord brings the flood, that the Lord saw that every intention of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. Here, and what Isaiah is referring to, here are our hearts, what are new hearts given. Uh, in which we have thoughts that trust in the Lord. Uh, he, he, he speaks of our thinking, our thoughts here in two ways. One as that which is fixed and stayed. On the other hand, that which uh, trusts and depends. The idea of being fixed and stayed, you can kind of imagine someone who's, uh, who's pacing around um, uh, uncertain as to what to do, and, and you know that the, the kind of the unsettled sense in their mind is, translates into an unsettled movement, and you're kind of nervous watching them pacing around, like, okay, what are you going to do? Just, you just stop moving, uh, compared to then sitting and being settled, having a settled and decided mind that's made up. It's, it's a fixed certainty that's not going to be so easily shaken. Here is a mind that has stayed upon him. We're certain it's fixed. But it trusts and depends upon him. Uh, you've been to the, um, uh, to the aquarium. Or, uh, yeah, maybe it's the aquarium, but it's the, the aquarium part of the zoo, the Pittsburgh Zoo, and you go to the, the polar bear exhibit, and it's a really cool part when you, when you go underneath where the, the kind of water cave is, and you can see the polar bear swimming, and you are depending on those walls holding. <laughs> that's, that's confidence. If you don't trust it, you're not going down there because you're done for. Uh, that kind of confidence and dependence on the Lord, it's, it's, like, uh, it's similar to the way in which I am kind of putting these two things together, the way that I am, I am uh, depending on this platform that I'm standing on. You're, you're depending on the, on the pew that you're sitting on. Um, uh, fixed, you're in one place, and, and, and you're probably not just uh, 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 tensing your muscles to keep yourself there. You're relaxed. 
is that sense of our mind. Oftentimes we think about our mind and our thinking uh, in, in term, we think about our thinking. That's how we're supposed to do it. We think about our thinking in terms of what, uh, what our minds are able to lift. What, what can you do with your mind? Here the idea, it's a mind that is lifted or supported, rested. It's not what, what do you bear up with your mind, but who bears up your mind? Rested and stayed upon him. The kind of confidence that's, uh, that is in the Lord, trusting in Him, the idea of having almost like a, a burden that is lifted off of your mind and you can relax. <laughs> Not lazy, we're thinking, but still rested. Uh, it's, it's, it's like when you, when you try to do something nice and you're, you're trying to make cinnamon buns <laughs> and Clearly, you didn't use enough flour because it's sticking to your fingers and on the counter all over the place. You don't know what to do next. Ah, and then finally, my wife walks in the door. Oh, good. It's going to be okay. <laughs> okay, it's, it's, it's a rest, resting on the Lord. It's not what is your mind able to handle and take on, but oh, good. The Lord is able to bear me up a mind that has stayed upon him. Uh, what are we to fill our mind with as an active thinking? Uh, we could have multiple sermons on any one of these, but I'll just list for you now. What fills our minds? Well, it's a mind that's fixed upon him, stayed on him, trusts in him, the Lord. It's a mind preoccupied with the Lord and his character and attributes. Do you not know the Lord's power, his love, his kindness? Uh, it's, it's a mind filled not simply with an understanding of his character and, and, and imagining what is it that God could possibly do. He's powerful enough. Maybe he'll give me a new job tomorrow. No, it's, it's looking at his, his character and his attributes. And the second thing, his word. What has he promised? He doesn't leave you to guess what he's going to do next. He tells you what his promises are. I will never leave you or forsake you. I've loved you with an everlasting love. Uh, his attributes, who he is, his word. Lastly, his works. We're not simply left wondering, you know what? Someday God's going to do something good. Think about what the Lord has done. Not only provision that you see, but in Christ himself. It's a mighty work that he's done, what he's promised that he's going to do when Christ comes. Take us to be with himself. Uh, makes all things new, deals with every wrong, administers justice justly. A mind that has stayed upon the Lord that trusts in him. We consider the Lord and his attributes, his word and his works. So what do you do uh, when you feel like you're sinking and you're about to slip under the waves? <laughs> Um, I, a few years ago, I was uh, uh, watching television, and I saw a, it was the scene of um, a, a vessel that was in the, uh, in the middle of the ocean. The waves were crashing in around it. The, uh, uh, the wind was uh, beating against the hull, and everyone's frantically running around on deck, and, and, and they were uh, clearly just moments away from slipping beneath the surface. And as I was watching it, it cut to another scene. And, um, and it, was, it was a Russian vessel. 
and there was a, a soldier who had just, um, uh, just come on duty, uh, sits down next to the uh, radio receiver, and picks up what's very obviously a distress signal. We're sinking! We're sinking! And thankfully, this, this guy knows, uh, knew a little bit of English, so he responds, what are you sinking about? <laughs> So if it only makes you laugh, fine, but remember this. <laughs> when you feel like you're sinking, genuine question here, what are you thinking about? <laughs> what, what is your mind fixed on? What are we thinking about? The mind stayed upon the Lord. Consider Him, His Word, and His works. That's who this piece is for. The mind stayed upon the Lord Trust in the Lord. Perfect peace, what is it? Uh, well, I don't want you to get the wrong idea and, and trade one, one burden of the cares of this world for another burden. If I only think hard enough, I'll be okay. Uh, Peter, you remember, uh, Matthew 14, uh, was, uh, saw the Lord Jesus uh, walking on the water he says, Lord, tell me to come out to you, right? So he goes, he goes out to the Lord, and he's, he's looking upon him. And then you remember, what does it say? Uh, Matthew 14, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he started to sink. Lord, save me, he cried out. What's to do? The Lord, Lord holds on to him. And then the Lord rebukes him as he does multiple times. So why, why so little faith? Comes into the boat, and the wind ceases. Uh, the, the point of that account is not simply, well, you know, don't be like Peter. Make sure you keep your eyes on him and you'll be okay. But no, the point is this. Look, uh, we're supposed to have strong faith, faith that looks to the Lord that's unwavering, not filled with fear. But you're never going to know the nature of your faith that's fixed upon him unless you also know the nature of weak faith. <laughs> that even then, the strength is in the Lord himself who lays hold of you, not your faith. It wasn't Peter that kept him on the waves. It was the Lord that kept him walking. And so when Peter faltered, weak faith, it was still the Lord, same principle going on, laid hold of him. Uh, what is the peace that we're talking about? First thing, it is a peace that is from God. It's not simply the state of mind that, that, you, uh, uh, that, you, that you get yourself into it is something that comes from him. You keep him in perfect peace. This is, this is about God's activity, what he does in guarding and protecting you. He keeps you in perfect peace. We're not to be anxious. Why? Not because there aren't things going around us, but because what Jesus says, do you not know your heavenly Father knows what you need? The Lord's doing Philippians 4, what, uh, what Dave read for us earlier, is uh, considering all the many needs that we have, what do we do? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Bring them to Him. Um, and you know He's got it. Don't let it weigh upon your mind. Have it be and know that it is upon His mind. We trust in Him. He is the one who takes care of our peace. Perfect peace, what is it? It's from Him. It is also 
with him. The perfect peace, it's from God. It is peace most ultimately with God. Uh, what we have uh, translated here, perfect peace, in, in the original, it's uh, he, he, he keeps him in peace, peace. We've seen this before where there's a kind of repetition. It's probably memorable when uh, Pastor Matt was referring to uh, in Isaiah 6 where it says, holy, holy, holy. What is uh, the, the marvelous uh, heaping up of the same word because of the holiness of our God. Here, here the Lord, uh, there's, there's an emphasis here. It is peace, peace. The peacest of pieces. Um, how many of you, when you, uh, when you wake up in the morning and, and the first thing you need to do is, oh, I've got to bake my coffee. <laughs> and, there's this, uh, and there's this anxious uh, moment when you're trying to figure out, all right, which light do I turn on because they're all going to blind me. <laughs> and you try to figure it out. Do I do the dining room one and kind of put it on dim or the, or the other one that's kind of underneath the cabinets or where do I not have to look, right? Be, because at that moment, any, any uh, hint of light is, is, is light itself and blinds you. Uh, but then after a while, when the light is on, you wake up a little bit, maybe you have a cup of coffee, your, your eyes adjust to the light. And then when you think about what, what is light, and you, it, then your eyes are drawn to the source itself, to the light bulb, right? So, so also with this peace. Yes, yes, there are plenty of things. You look around in the world, what's the difference between peace and not peace? And we all have this, this vision and idea of what it's like to not, not be uh, worried about where our next meal is going to come, having a stable job, knowing that our kids are going to be taken care of. All of these things, genuine things, but then look in that category, that's peace. What is peace, peace? Peace, peace. Perfect peace. Peace with God. On Jeremiah 6.14 and 8.11, uh, the, uh, the Lord rebukes those who would say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Uh, something similar in Isaiah 57, uh, 20 to 21. Let me uh, look at this. Well, I'll just say the Lord, um, Lord says that the wicked are tossed around like the waves. Isaiah 57, 20 and 21. There is no peace for the wicked. Doesn't mean they're not going to have a stable job. Doesn't mean they might not be, uh, have some measure of security about what's going to happen to their kids and they're safe, got a good house, stable environment. You can have all those things. There's no peace without peace with God. Also has in Isaiah 57, the Lord proclaiming peace, peace to the far, peace to the near. What is that peace? What Paul says in Ephesians 2, Christ himself is our peace having reconciled us with God, preaching to the far and to the near. We all know it's false peace if it's not true, and everyone says, don't worry, everything in our country is fine. No, it's not. <laughs> but it's also false peace if it's merely outward, and everything in our country is fine, but we have not peace with God. This is peace, peace. Peace with him.
What's this peace? It's peace from God. It's peace with God. It's also peace that is for God. There's, there's a purpose to this, this peace. You, you, you see it in, in even just in the word used here, keep. You keep him. You guard. You protect him in perfect peace. The, the idea is that here is something that the Lord is actually using this peace to, to, uh, uh, to preserve us and protect us. Remember what we said at the beginning that, that really the focus here, it's, it's you, but it's you in terms of your mind, in terms of your thinking. The Lord is going to guard and to protect you that your thinking, your mind that rests upon Him will not be shaken. Um, a, a faith that looks to Him will not be dislodged. That's the promise. First um, Peter uh, a passage I, I encourage you to return to often. First Peter 1, verse 5, it says that, that talks about an inheritance that's kept in heaven for you. And then 1 Peter 1, 5, you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Paul, uh, Peter's talking about you who are guarded. Do you know what one of the main themes of 1 Peter is? Persecution. <laughs> Uh, he talks about the fiery trial. Don't be surprised when the fiery trial comes upon you to test you. What do you know when you're, when you're experiencing the fiery trial? You're being guarded <laughs> through faith. Uh, what, what does the Lord promise? The promise is that the Lord guards you in peace to keep you for Him. He will keep you. Not just a promise to keep your job, keep your house, keep your country, but he will keep you. Second uh, Corinthians 4, Paul says this, we have this treasure, verse 7, treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way. You'll be afflicted, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. What is this peace? It's a peace that though everything else taken away, the Lord still will guard and keep you. The faith that rests in him will not be shaken. And he will keep you for himself. Uh, lastly, we've looked at who this is for, mind stayed on him. What is this peace? It's first peace with God and a peace that guards you for God. Uh, lastly, perfect peace. How long does it last? <laughs> How long is it, right? How long, you know, you, 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 put, a, you put a new roof on, on your house or even the church just got a new roof this past year. And it's like, how long does it last? We can all rest now, but we know, ah, oh, 20, 30, 40 years from now, got to do it again. <laughs> how long? How long? It's, it's a question asked uh, a few times in, in Scripture, Psalm 13. Um, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Isaiah asked the same question. Isaiah 6, and the Lord tells, tells him, uh, shows the vision of his glory and even says, I'm going to send you to a people who have eyes but do not see and ears and do not hear. 
I will make them, uh, their hearts dull. And Isaiah says, how long, O Lord? The Lord says, until cities lie waste without inhabitant, houses without people. It's like, how long? It's, it's a question of how long does this hardship continue? Here, Isaiah 26, the Lord answers, how long? Trust in the Lord forever. Literally, trust in the Lord for as long as long itself. That's what it says. For as long as long itself. But, but it's not merely, it's, it's not a discouraging idea. As long as long itself. This is not a statement about how long the hardship endures. Uh, it's a statement about what our trust is founded on. It's a statement about the Lord. Trust in the Lord for as long as long itself. See, we, uh, oftentimes we think of our trust merely as, as kind of um, uh, 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 framed and understood in terms of the context in which we're asked to trust. So, for example, a candidate promises to do something for you. <laughs> Well, there's a difference between the confidence you have with a, a campaign promise and the confidence you have when, when someone speaks and there's nothing in it for themselves. You're going to trust someone who has, who has skin in the game. The confidence, even, you know, maybe it seems silly, but it's the question of, you know, uh, should I date this person right before I go off to college? It's a confidence. Is this something that could last? Because I know things are going to change. What, what is the context for our trust? The context here is not all of the things that are happening in your life. The context for trust is the Lord himself. It's not, is this the time to trust, but is the Lord trustworthy? Trust in the Lord for as long as long itself for the Lord God. You could... Um, uh, uh, Maybe translate it this way, for, for such trust is in the Lord God. Remember who's, who, who is your confidence here. It's the Lord. Trust in the Lord forever, for it's the Lord God who is your trust. The Lord God, an everlasting rock. Endure, Psalm 90 Opens this way, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Everlasting to everlasting. In Isaiah 26, 4, it's, uh, uh, for the Lord is a rock of everlastings. It's plural. Both poles here, both sides. From everlasting to everlasting. This, this, by the way, Isaiah 26, 4 is probably the closest that the scriptures come to calling God the rock of ages. It's part of what we sang that today. The rock of ages. Psalm 102, 25 and following. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Guess what? They will perish. <laughs> but you, Lord, will remain. You will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your, ears have no, your years have no end. What, what are we founded on? The rock of ages. Who laid this rock? No man. 
even before the foundation of the world. Who, who can dislodge this foundation? No one. <laughs> He's fixed. He was a good foundation for your soul. Our trust is not framed and understood by the circumstances in which we're asked to trust, but the Lord himself in whom we put our trust. Who's this promise of peace for? Those who trust in him. It's a peace that comes from God. Peace with God. Peace that keeps you for God. And it's a peace that is as enduring as the Lord himself. Uh, Let's stand and receive the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hi everybody. My name is Rob and I am a deacon at Gospel Fellowship PCA. I'm also the sound engineer, the camera guy, and the podcast manager. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please come visit us in person. Gospel Fellowship is a Bible-believing church just north of Pittsburgh, and you can find us at gospelfellowshippca.org. See you next time.